I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. This sermon is being recorded on March the 15th and uploaded to our website the same day in the place of the publicly recorded sermon that usually is offered here. Open, please, in your Bible to 1 John chapter 2. This is from God through John to Christians, and this part of the epistle comes out of chapter 1 where John wrote in a direct and personal way about the real possibility of sin coming back into our lives. We must guard against that constantly. But what happens if we sin? What attitude? What actions? What responses? What purposes? We're going to listen now to God's Word written by John. I'll take us from chapter 1 into chapter 2. This is 1 John chapter 1. I'm starting at verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I'm continuing now into chapter 2. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly, the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. One way to study this is to concentrate on these personal purposes revealed in the text each of us must accept. Going through life without definite, specific purposes can lead to a wandering around in the world and winding up in sin. To avoid sin, there are very specific purposes I need to hold to. Look with me into chapter 2 of 1 John. Let's identify those personal purposes that will keep us right with God. One fundamental purpose is stated right in verse 1, captured by a phrase, that you may not sin. When we talk about sin, specifically when we talk about ourselves, we may hear ourselves admitting we are sinners, talking about our deficiencies and saying things like, we all make mistakes. There is a place for those confessions. We ought to be aware of our shortcomings, 
Churches are loaded with imperfect people. Yes, do all of that. But we can't let those thoughts and words become casual. We have to get serious about specific shortcomings. It requires more than confession or conversation or some occasional remark. There is this daily purpose I need to be serious about, and you need to be serious about, and it's captured by this phrase, that you may not sin. I should read that this way, that I may not sin. Don't just talk about your sin, purpose to avoid sin. And let me add, this was not only John's point in this verse. The entire New Testament urges us, trains us, and leads us to identify our sins, seek forgiveness, and guard against repeating those sins. When you become a Christian, you cannot assume that there is some automatic preventive mechanism that will keep you from future sin. God expects His children to be aware, alert, with defenses, and all with this singular simple purpose that I may not sin. This isn't deep or complicated. I must use the Word of God to train myself so I can identify temptations that lead to sin and put up the appropriate resistance. I must develop my values and motives in keeping with the will of God and the example of Christ to know the difference between righteousness and unrighteousness. I must grow and enhance my resistance against sin consistently and steadfastly. This simple phrase in 1 John 2 and verse 1 ought to be my purpose every day, your purpose every day, that you may not sin. It is critical to review our heart, examine our lives, to identify what specific weaknesses and sins are holding us back, holding you back, holding me back. It may not be an overt sin that is outward or openly dramatic. It may be just an inner laxity, an absence of zeal. It could be indifference toward people who are lost. could be an arrogant attitude or bitterness, something inside you unresolved that you need to pray about, repent of, and reject. Or some overt sin, something you are saying or doing that you know isn't right. There is no automatic mechanism that keeps us from sin. We must determine we will not sin. And that's right here in this passage. It's right on this page in that phrase, that you may not sin. That I may not sin. That ought to be my purpose. But now what if I do? That brings us now to purpose number two. Deal with that sin through your advocate, Jesus Christ. It says that you may not sin. And then it says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. I had something to say about this on one of my podcasts a few weeks ago. When we sin, who we turn to says a lot about who we are. It reveals our character. When I've purposed to not sin, but I have sin, what I do next says a lot about who I am. If I turn to someone to help me cover it up, 
that doesn't speak well of my character. If I turn to someone to provide an excuse or comfort me in my sin, that doesn't reflect well on my discipline. John says, purpose number one, don't sin. If you do, purpose number two, turn to your advocate, Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean you just tell Jesus you've sinned? Does that mean you ask him to look the other way? Does that mean you ask Jesus to ask God to apply blind forgiveness so that you continue in your sin? No, none of that. What does it mean? What is involved in relying on our advocate? And the answer is given back in chapter 1, 1 John 1, 7 through 10. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. The advocacy and intercession of Jesus isn't designed to cover people who walk out of the light into darkness, grant them immunity. We confess our sins, and that language includes penitence. It is a verbal acknowledgement that has in it repentance, which simply means you stop doing what is wrong. Well, let's look at it this way. Can you imagine if Jesus had an office on earth and you've identified a sin that you're guilty of and you go to that office and somebody comes in and says, the Lord will see you now. And you step in before the Lord and say, listen, Jesus, I'm living in sin. Can you cover that up for me so that I can walk in the darkness? Well, you see that. So Christians have purpose number one, I will not sin. But if we do purpose number two, go to our advocate, confessing our sin, asking forgiveness, and getting back to purpose number one, I will not sin. And then comes purpose number three, keep his commandments. Verse three, by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. It's amazing that some of the simplest things God has written in his word, people debate about and flatly deny. Would you please focus on this simple concept, obedience? I was reading a commentary by Leon Morris the other day, and he offered a definition of obedience. He said, the action of one who comes to listen, to learn, and to do. That's it. Obedience is listening to God, learning what pleases Him, and doing what pleases Him. Obedience begins with attitude. It is open to listening and learning and then doing what is right. So you have purpose number one, I will not sin. Purpose number two, if I do, I will appropriate the advocacy of Christ, repenting and asking forgiveness. Purpose number three, I want to keep his commandments. The commandments of Christ, learned and lived, take us right back to purpose number one. 
that in our obedience to his teaching, we are kept from sin. So all this works together. All this works together for our good and our assurance. But one more thing, please. It says, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. It is time for us to talk about this little word, know, as used by John. Now, in our language, we use the word know simply to mean acquaintance. Often, all we mean is, I can put a name to a face, whether we're talking about simple knowledge of someone's existence or close friendship or long-term relationship, in modern English, we often use the same word, know, K-N-O-W. We must not impose, however, our modern use of the word into the text in 1 John. In fact, not only in 1 John, but in many New Testament passages, the word know conveys the closest of relationships. In fact, fellowship with deity, personal knowledge with God conveyed by the word know. For instance, in Acts, I'm sorry, in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 11. Hebrews 8, verse 11. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor, and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Similar in 2 Timothy 1.12 and in Philippians 3 and verse 10. Knowing God and knowing Christ is more than just acquaintance or academic knowledge. It is relationship. It is fellowship with deity. Now back to our verse. 1 John 2 Verse 3, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Assurance of fellowship with God involves our active, obedient response to him. Claims of fellowship with God, claims of knowing God, but without obedience to him, are empty claims. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John fourteen fifteen. Walking in the light means being serious about sin, relying on our advocate in heaven, and keeping his commandments. Are those my fixed purposes in life every day? If not, immediate change is called for. Christ gave his life for us to be able to change. One more thing. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs a king. Everybody needs an example, an advocate. Jesus provides all that. Jesus offers to be your friend, king, example, and advocate, but it requires your response, my response. Now by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Let's get a good start on this week by remembering who we are and what our fixed purposes are. And let's keep those purposes fixed. Thank you for listening.